0: Copywriting is one of the most essential skills that we can develop as online business owners. And I wish that I learned it when I first started in my online business. I wish I invested more in it. I wish that I invested more money into like courses and more time into learning copywriting and that I just started practicing it sooner because it's really what makes or breaks everything in our business in the online world. It's what makes your blog posts, your emails, um, eye-catching and causes people to actually take action because copywriting, which is different than copyright as in the legal stuff, R-I-G-H-T, it's writing as if you're writing out a novel or a piece of paper, uh, writing on a piece of paper. It is persuasive writing. That's what copywriting is. So the sooner that we can develop the skill of writing persuasively the sooner that we can start making sales, the sooner we can start getting more opt-ins, getting more clicks on our videos, et cetera, et cetera, and like converting our sales pages, all of that stuff can start working for us so much sooner when we understand copywriting. Now, I'm not the best copywriter in the world, but I've learned a ton about it, and I want to share with you some of the key things that have really helped me make sales pages and emails that actually convert. So without further ado, let's dive in to some copywriting tips, examples, and secrets. Welcome to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. I'm your host, James Allen, here to help you turn your knowledge, passions, and skills into an online business and build a life of freedom. I'm super excited to talk about copywriting today um, because like I said in the intro, this is what really makes or breaks our business in the online world. You know, This is how people actually decide to click on our email opt-in uh, pages and our squeeze pages and to decide to click on our YouTube videos or our blog posts or podcast episodes. All of those titles and everything you see, that's copy. And there's such a big need for it, I would say, and uh, it's such an art form, really. This is why magazine uh, companies and you know these big, big companies, they pay so much money to have eye-catching titles and that's all copywriting. So if you're a copywriter, there's a great niche of copywriting that uh, could use your help. Uh, but if you're not, if you're one of us, you're just a person like me trying to teach people uh, the things that you know and make a bigger impact in people's lives and make some money doing it while we're at it, why not make a full-time income as well? Uh, it's a great skill to learn. And it really is. And uh, there's just a few things I wanted to cover today that have been paramount in me learning how to actually create a sales page and emails that really convert and make sales. So I want to share those with you because I want you to win. Okay. Before we get into that, if you are a person who's thinking of starting an online business, or maybe you've had a brick and mortar shop or, uh, you know, a service like a your gym owner or something like that, you've had some kind of business running for a while and you want to move to the online space, or maybe you've just been working for a company for a long time and you want to do your own thing. You want to be solo, be your own boss, control your schedule, all that jazz that comes with being an online business owner on top of all the other stressful things. Uh, Let's make it less stressful. If you're thinking about doing that, you wanna teach people things, make an impact, make a difference in the world, and take control of your schedule, I have a very special gift for you. I created a five-step action plan. Uh, It's a guide, if you will, and you can just roll through this, but this thing is going to help you in five simple steps by understanding the method that I use in my business and that I've learned from my mentors and that people have been using for a very long time, uh, but I just simplified the entire method of building an online business, specifically around teaching things that you know, that you love, that you're passionate about, that you're good at. And it t- it shows you the exact method for creating passive income, creating digital products and courses and coaching offers. It goes over all of that kind of stuff that you can, then implement and turn into an evergreen machine, as I like to call it, where you get discovered, you teach people things, you make that big impact, and then you can make money as well. So if you're interested in starting your online business or taking a look at a different approach than maybe what you've been seeing, and you just want that clarity so you can actually start taking actions, I recommend that you pick it up. To get the five-step action plan, just go to profityourknowledge.com slash guide, or there's a link in the description as well. And by the way, even if you don't know what your idea is yet, I'll help you with that inside of there and also find the right people to buy those products. Okay, so download the guide, profityourknowledge.com slash guide. It's my gift to you. Uh, it's gonna be a great resource for you to have in your back pocket. So let's talk about copywriting while we're at this. Building your online business. That's what I'm here to help you do. Copywriting is one of the most essential skills. There's a lot that goes into it. There's good teaching, there's good coaching, all these kinds of things for the kind of business that we're building anyway. But copywriting really is one of the most essential. And the best part about copywriting is that you don't need to be some world class copywriter to get results. You just need to be good enough, good enough, is all that matters. Good enough to make conversions, as long as you get in a healthy conversion rate, good enough to get clicks on your videos, good enough to get opt ins and be making the sales that you want to be making. Okay. Depending on where you're at, you may not be good enough yet, but that's why we're talking about copywriting today. So you can build up this skill set, which is what it is. And skill sets don't just get handed to you. You have to put in the work, you have to practice things to actually build the skill set. But the beautiful thing about it is that once you have it, never goes away. So now you know what copywriting is, let's dive into the real meat of what makes copywriting convert. Cause anybody can write a sales page, anybody can write emails, anybody can make a title, but can you make it eye catching for the right kind of people that you wanna serve and help in the world and convince them through your text, really through writing to buy your products, to opt into your lead magnet, to click on your video, to do the thing that you really want. There's a lot of power in this. It's kind of like a dark art, if you will. Uh, People do it inethically, but I'm going to teach you how to do it ethically. And it all starts, great copy, all starts with great research. Great copy starts with great research. What a lot of people do, like I mentioned, is that anybody can just write a page. They just start writing. They just say, I'm just gonna start making a sales page, whatever. Maybe they find some 15 step, formula or some nine-step formula or five-step formula to write irresistible copy. They find those online and then they just start writing it, hoping and praying that their copy will convert and that people will buy their course or people will sign up for their email list or book a call with them or whatever, whatever the action is. But they never do any formal research ahead of time. That is really the game changer that took me a long time to learn about was research and how to actually do research. So today I'm gonna to help you figure out a great game plan to actually make some research happen in your life so you can understand what people really want. You can understand their frustrations, their pains, the objections they have, et cetera, and prepare yourself ahead of time. One thing that my dad told me, he was a military man um, growing up, he used to do like white glove inspections on my bedroom and stuff. But he told me something that's always stuck with me. He said. Proper preparation prevents piss-poor performance. He also called it the six P's to success. Proper preparation prevents piss-poor performance. And that's what we're doing here with doing our research before we start writing copy. Because the beautiful thing is that when you do great customer research ahead of time, before you start writing sales pages and emails and building products and all that kind of stuff, is that you get inside of your, your prospect's mind, your perfect client's mind, and you get to understand what they want, what they don't want, why they haven't achieved the result that they want, uh, what kind of language patterns they use, all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to give you a little format that you can steal. My, you, know, you have my full permission to steal this, by the way. That's why I'm giving it to you because I want to see you win. But just understand that doing research before you write anything is something that a lot of people don't seem to teach. And that's, what's really going to allow you to succeed in the online world, especially because you're not sitting across from someone when you're copywriting, you're writing a sales page. When you get it right, the amazing thing is that that sales page will work for you 24-7, 365 days a year. And it's never going to ask for a raise unless you get better at copy, I guess, then you can give it a raise, but it's never going to ask for days off. You know, it's not going to complain to you. It's just going to do its job. And it's such a powerful thing. But what sucks is having a sales page where you spend all this time building it with your fancy 11 or 15 step formula, and then you get crickets. Nothing actually happens. It's rough. Uh, It could just be that you need to work on your copywriting skills, which is probably what it is. Uh, It could be that your formula sucks as well. Um, But that's a topic for a different day, I guess. So take time to do the research before you start writing anything. It's the first thing I want you to understand but let's get into how we actually gonna do research. What kind of research should we do? What I want you to do, and if you're driving, don't do this, but if you are not, pause this video or pause this podcast, and I want you to pull up a Google document, or it could be a Word document or Pages document, some digital document that's easily accessible either on your phone or on your computer. And you can title it, you know, my customer research or customer research and then do a little hyphen or a little dash for um, X product. So if you're thinking about selling an online course or something, put customer research and then the name of that course or customer research for insert your course topic idea. And what we're going to do is we're going to write five things on this document and think of these as five categories, if you will, that you have that you get to insert the customer research that you find into. Okay, so let me explain this. It'll make a little bit more sense. The first of the five categories on this research document is going to be challenges, pains, and frustrations. And when I work with people, I give them this whole entire document, but you, it's super easy. To, it's nothing fancy. Like really challenges, pains, and frustrations. You can do a horizontal line to break these sections up or whatever you want. That's what I like to do. Challenges, pains, and frustrations, that's number one. Number two, hopes, dreams, and desires. That's the second category that we're gonna have here. And you can, you can do whatever you want, make it make sense to you, but have these categories, that's the most important thing. Hopes, dreams, and desires is number two. Number three is objections. What kind of objections could this person have? It could be like, I don't have the money, I don't have the time or energy, I'm too old, I've tried it before. This has always been in my family, so that's my excuse for not taking action. But we wanna have a section for objections. The reason that this person thinks, or this group of people, thinks that they can't have the result that they really want. What's getting in the way? That's what this section's for. Okay, so that's number three. Number four, jargon words. Lingo, common phrases that you see coming up um, related to your topic. This is really big. So I learned this, I've, I've done a lot of customer research over the years, but I I learned this from uh, some mentors of mine, some copywriting mentors actually, Barry and Clive over at teachcopywriting.com. Teachcopywriting.com, definitely go check it out. But it was such, it was a really cool thing to think about in terms of writing copy emails, sales pages, et cetera. Uh, a great example is that if you are somebody who teaches, which is what I'm here to help you get better at, and create an online business around, you teach things. Let's say that you teach golfing. You teach people how to have a better swing, how to understand the game and improve their performance as a golfer. Golfers commonly use words like birdie, eagle, or fade. Commonly use those kind of words. So if you're gonna sell a course about how to improve your golfing game, and you didn't use words like birdie eagle fade or any other kind of jargon words common words in that like realm of of the earth it wouldn't sell or nearly as well because it it wouldn't it wouldn't connect there wouldn't be that rapport of just the simple fact that you understand the lingo that goes into golfing same if you were selling a um, course on how to get better at your pool game or billiards or ping pong or your fitness or with business, or if you're selling like a Facebook ads course, and you're not using the terms like click through rate, okay, cart abandonment, like all these different tools. So you want to think about the jargon words and have a section inside this document where when you find those jargon words, you can throw them inside of it. So you understand how to speak the lingo of this person. And you can probably think of a handful off the top of your head that you could just start throwing in there. Okay. But when you have this research document, we want to put in the exact words and phrases that people are saying to themselves inside this document. Okay. So make sure that you're finding the sentences, the common phrases, et cetera, copy it, paste it verbatim. It's going to help you a lot down the road. The fifth piece, and I'll review these one more time is uh, interesting facts and statistics. I also learned this from the guys that teach copywriting.com interesting facts and statistics. An example is, um, Well, okay, if you typed in your keyword or niche and then plus interesting facts and statistics into Google, you would get a huge list of interesting facts and statistics. So stuff isn't hard to find. But this is actually really cool and it's something I never thought about until I worked with the guys at teachcopywriting.com. One example that I found for me in terms of teaching online business and selling online products is... um, 1.79 billion, with a B, people bought something online last year. Nothing crazy, but I saw that as an opportunity, which is why I took it, that I could use that as leverage. And it's something that's like, wow, that's a lot of people. Like 1.79 billion people bought something online. And why that's eye-catching for me is that because I help people sell online products, I can tell them like, this is the opportunity potential that you're missing out on or you could be missing out on if you don't take action. Okay, So think about interesting facts and statistics that you find related to the product that you're gonna sell. The more streamlined and uh, focused I would say that we can keep our research, the better that our sales pages and emails will convert. So what I recommend is every course that you ever create or product that you're going to sell that has a specific outcome, understand what that specific outcome is, but what we wanna do is think about the customer research for that specific outcome, okay? For example, if I'm gonna help you create an online course and I'm building a product around creating an online course, which PS, I am, it's gonna be awesome. It's everything that I do with my one-on-one clients condensed into a way more affordable online course. Uh, so that'll be available in the next couple months. It takes a lot of work, it's gonna be a big one. But anyway, look for interesting facts and statistics related to that specific topic. Okay, so I will look for them related to building an online course, and that's one of them, just FYI, that I stole. Uh, All right, and steal I found, okay? Think about those common words, just to recap what these are. Challenges, pains, and frustrations that you find. People saying, I just wish that this. It's a challenge, it's a frustration that I have. I just wish that I could lose the weight. I just wish that I could start a business or just muster up the courage to start a business, even better. Copy that stuff, put it inside this section, challenges, pains, and frustrations. Hopes, dreams, and desires. I wanna love myself, I wanna lose weight, I want this. All I want is dot, dot, dot. Things like that, you're gonna copy and put into this research document. Again, objections, what's this person's excuse or excuses for not actually taking action? Copy all that stuff, literally, it's called copywriting. Think about copying the words that people are saying and, and uh, pasting them into these various sections that I'm giving you. So objections, and then lastly, jargon words, lingo, common phrases. That's not lastly, that's fourth. Lastly, interesting facts and statistics, okay? So once you've got your document all set up, now we gotta go out and start doing some research. You got your five things, five categories, if you will. And the best way to do is just to look at Google. good old Google and YouTube, these are the two biggest search engines in the world, so we should leverage them. And what's cool is that if you type in how to lose weight, maybe that's what your course is for a simple example. How to lose weight in the search function on Google and on YouTube, because they're search engines and people are constantly searching at these and they're the biggest search engines in the world, they have a lot of data or data, depending on who you are, uh, to pull from. So when you type in how to lose weight, they're gonna auto-populate a bunch of suggestions. I think there's like 10 different suggestions at a time that they give you. But it'll say something like how to lose weight in the face or in the hips. And it'll give you these different options and ideas. So you can see what people are actually interested in losing and then you can start doing a bit more research looking into those topics. But what I want to encourage you to do is that when you look up different things on Google or YouTube, type in what you think your ideal prospect or your avatar client or your perfect buying persona would type in for example if i was building an online course i would say how to build an online course cuz i'm i'm thinking about being the person who's interested in building an online course so i want to learn how to do it step by step so i would look up stuff like that when you when you search something like that Uh, This is more on YouTube than Google. I do have some fancy Google hacks, but they're kind of hard to explain in a podcast setting. But we'll use uh, YouTube, for example, right now, because there's so much stuff that you can find in YouTube. Uh, It's it's crazy. But type in in the comment, or in the search function on YouTube, how to blank, insert whatever your course topic is going to be. How to build an online course, step-by-step. And you're gonna get this huge list of videos click on a video that has really high engagement so it has a a ton of likes it has a ton of comments a ton of views specifically we're looking for comments youtube comments are gold mines i swear they can be a pain to kind of dig through sometimes i understand that um but you can find a lot of really cool stuff inside of youtube gold or inside of youtube comments people pour their heart and soul out into YouTube comments. It's kind of crazy and I found some stuff where I'm like, ouch, like you poor person. I'm sorry that you're going through that, uh, but I'm gonna take your comment and then throw it into my customer research. So anyway, type it into YouTube, look for videos with high engagement, lots of comments and scroll through. If it really has an atrocious amount of comments, like 20,000 plus or hundreds of thousand, a lot of the comments that you go through can just be people saying like, oh, I love this person or this person's awesome or, oh, Shelly, you're so cool. Uh, Thanks for the video. Great tips, things like that. But every now and then when you scroll through, again, it's going to take some digging. This this doesn't come easy. This is the hard work before the actual work. But you dig through, you will end up finding people saying those various things like we talked about in our customer research. Like I just wish, hey, I really like this video, but I want to have a question about this. And people have questions. And what's crazy is that Questions get left unanswered all the time. I found so many of people, someone commented after asking a question, they commented six months later and said six months, still no answer. Crazy. And they had like the eye rolling emoji or something. Just feeling like you left me hanging basically. I really wanted to learn from you. And now, now you're on my my naughty list, basically. So we want to take those questions and put them in. And you could be the person that answers to them as well. Um, but what's most important is that you're finding those the answers for those categories that I gave you earlier about their pains and frustrations, hopes, dreams and desires, the objections that they have. Someone in a video about their golfing swing is saying like I don't, I don't know golfing very well, but uh, they're saying like, "Oh, I I can't I can't get better at my swing because I can't get out to the field enough because of this. Because I uh, you know, I can't I can't get a babysitter or something. I don't know what it is, but you're going to find those those Bits and those nuggets of gold. And then when you do, think about, is this, can I use this in my sales copy? Can I use this in crafting a persuasive email? Or crafting a, could I use that as something that I could address ahead of time in my sales page? Those are kind of thoughts that I'm thinking when I do customer research, and I throw them in where it makes sense in my customer research document, okay? But we want to think about and add the words and phrases that people are actually using in their document. Okay, so YouTube comments are phenomenal for that. The other thing that you can do is look up the top five best selling books or top 10 if you want in your niche, whatever it is. Could be fitness, could be dog walking, could be starting a business, entrepreneurship, anything. So look up the five best selling books and just type in like five top best selling books for. Insert your keyword or topic or niche, and then look up each one of them individually on Amazon. Amazon book reviews have so much gold inside of them; it's awesome, and they also tell you great title ideas for things inside of these books. These people pay so much money to have a best-selling book, a New York Times bestseller. There's a lot that goes into it. You don't just—I've—I've never written a book, but I imagine you don't just write a book and it becomes a New York Times bestseller. Maybe some people, but for the most part, that doesn't happen. There's a lot of like teams of people that go into writing these books um, so that they can become bestsellers. Um, So when you look these up on Amazon, type in or go to the reviews on each one of them. And look through the reviews. You can look through the five all the way through the one star reviews. Uh, what I found is that in three to four star reviews, those are usually where a lot better gold is. That I would say, where people liked and what they disliked about a book, what they feel was missing, what they'd like to learn more about, or what they didn't, yeah, what they didn't like about the book. Because the the three and four star reviews aren't going to be as one sided, I guess, the as like the five and the one star reviews they are either going to be like total fanboys or total haters. It's like one side of the spectrum, typically. Sometimes you can find some good gold though. Uh, But typically look at those middle star reviews. Those are gonna be awesome. And then just read through the reviews. And again, copy, paste into your document where you see fit. Uh, Our goal with customer research is to just scour the internet. Look at forums online, look at YouTube comments. Think from the person uh, that you ultimately want to have go through your course or through your product, whatever it is. And then the goal is to understand our customers and our clients better than they do. It's really the goal. And that's how you, you can do this with customer research. And honestly, you, if you spent a week going through YouTube comments, going through different forums that you look for uh, by literally typing your keyword plus forum or forums. If you type those in to uh, like Google, specifically on Google, not YouTube, you'll end up getting a huge list of forums and you can just go through and look at what people are saying, questions people are asking and questions people are answering for um, whatever your topic is. So for me, it'd be like online business. Or I can even talk about email copywriting. If I was making a course about email writing or copywriting or email marketing, then I could just look use that as my keyword and look at forums specific to email marketing. Guarantee there's tons of forums, okay? But putting all that stuff into our research is going to give us this awesome database of the best information that we've collected from the internet. And you can also have conversations with people as well and just kind of ask them, assuming that they do fit the description of your avatar client, uh, what their pains and frustrations are, what their hopes, dreams, and desires are related to what you teach. What are their biggest objections in making that happen? Why haven't they done it yet? And if you have sales calls with people and you have that consistently rolling through, add those things. After you've done your sales call, you've taken all your notes, add those over to this document. Because when you write your sales page, this is going to be the core document that you have open so you can copy and paste what people are actually saying, thinking, and feeling related to their objections, hope, dreams, and desires, the pains, challenges, and frustrations that they have, et cetera. And you can Weed those into your sales copy and that's how you're gonna make sales copy that is really persuasive, okay? So take the time to do customer research. If you have questions about customer research, let me know down in the comments of this video if you are on YouTube or you can just go to my website, reach out to me, send me an email and uh, we'll connect, okay? Profityourknowledge.com, by the way. I also have different videos on my YouTube channel where I go over this kind of stuff and give you more of like a hands-on example. But research is where it all starts. The next thing is, I just want I want to share with you some things that I've learned that have helped me make my copy more compelling. So here's how you can make your copy more compelling. Now you've done the research, you've gone through, you found bestsellers, comments, all that kind of stuff. Now we actually start writing our copy. One thing that's really beneficial is thinking about the amount of white space that you have from the words and the sentences inside of your copy. Uh, for example a good rule of thumb is to think one to three lines, that's it. And then do your double enter or double return so you can break down to a new paragraph. So think about having your paragraphs be one to three sentences or lines long instead of having like five to 10. We're not writing a book. Copywriting is made, a good copy anyway, should be designed for people to skim because that's what people do. They skim when they're on a sales page, they skim through it, They see some headlines pop up and then they read a little bit. But if you can have that white space in between and give the uh, copy or the page a bit of breathing room by having one to three spaces or one to three lines, um, that is going to help people just kind of skim through and making the font a little bit bigger. Usually like the font size of 18 to 21, that's great. Okay, you don't have to make it atrociously big, but unless it's like a heading or something but for like the actual text 18 to 21 size font is solid. Okay, that's like big enough and you can kind of experiment, but you don't want your text to be too small. So that's just kind of like format stuff that helps it make it easy to skim. But one of the biggest tips in making your copy compelling is to write the way that you speak. Write the way that you speak. What's amazing to see when I review people's sales copy, I will read their sales copy out loud to myself or even to them. And it it, just, it doesn't sound like them because I work with people or even thinking of my own sales copy, I'll write out some stuff and I'm like, oh, this is great. And I start reading it out loud. And I'm like, what am I doing? So write the way that you speak. And the best way to test is just to read what you wrote out loud. It's that simple. Read what you wrote. And as you're reading it out loud, think about if it's good copy. Like when you're reading your own copy, are you falling asleep? Are your eyes glazing over? Are you losing interest in your own writing? Because I could tell you that if you're losing interest or falling asleep or eyes glazing over with your own copy, it's gonna be 10 times worse when somebody else that's a client who doesn't know you starts reading it or a potential client, a prospect. If they start reading your sales page and your eyes are glazing over, it's gonna be so much worse for that. Okay, same as if you're writing a book. I've heard that with different authors as well. And it makes sense. Okay. You got to keep it interesting and compelling. So make sure it actually sounds like you, whether you're super fun and energetic, or you're kind of sluggish and boring, (laughs) but just be you. Okay. That's like the biggest thing. The next tip on top of reading what you write out loud and keeping it in the good format is to always edit your first draft. I know that writing sales pages isn't super fun or I mean, maybe if you're a writer and you find tons of joy and excitement in doing that, uh, we want the result of writing a sales page ultimately. Well, it it takes time basically to write a sales page or to write a really solid email. Even if you're writing an email or a post on Facebook or a sales page, something, and you want it to be persuasive to intrigue someone to actually take an action step, write out multiple versions of it write out one, and then go through and edit. What a lot of people do is they just do like, oh, one and done, I'm that good. that's not the case. I play drums. And even when I'm in the the studio, rarely do I ever do one take. I think that's happened maybe two or three times in the 12 years, or shoot, probably 14 years or something that I've been playing drums. It doesn't just happen, you know? It's the same thing with your copywriting. When you're writing out a page, or writing out a really good email, read through it out loud, make sure it sounds like you, but make sure that it's something that is actually compelling for you. It's you're getting into it, and if you're not, then you just need to go through and edit it, okay? But as you're going through, make sure you don't just leave it on the first draft, like there's always going to be something you can improve on but focus on the emotion rather than the logic inside of it. Does your writing sound very logical or does it have emotion to it? Does it actually cause you to say, I want to take the action because you understand the emotion and you know, pro tip, if you've done good customer research, your sales copy should be able to cause that emotion inside of people because you're actually finding people's emotions and inserting it into your sales copy. All right. But also when you write out a sales page or write out a lead magnet or whatever, an email, whatever. You can always just ask a friend. This is more for like writing a big sales copy. Ask a friend to read through your copy and be there with them face to face and look at their face. I learned this from Ramit Sethi and I was like, oh God, so good. If you can look at someone's face, you can see that their eyes are glazing over. You can see that they're losing interest or they're trailing off or they're starting to like adjust because it's not that good, okay? And obviously ask them to be completely honest with you give you good feedback. Those are great things to do. Have somebody else read it and look at their face while they read it, all right? But also pay attention to magazines, newspapers, blogs, uh, YouTube titles, et cetera. Titles are copywriting. What I like to do is go onto YouTube. I like to use YouTube all the time just to watch videos and stuff. But as I go through the homepage, I'm getting recommended all these different videos based on my search history that YouTube thinks I might like. And as I go through, I see some of these like killer headlines or titles with a thumbnail. And I love to look at them because it allows me to think about when I create my titles and thumbnails. What is it about it that seems so compelling? Blog posts are the same thing. If you, uh, if you just open up Google on your or your Chrome browser or whatever on your phone and then you scroll down, it usually gives you a list of popular blog posts from like New York Times and different places. They're so fun to look at because they're actually really good. And even though I'm not interested in the topic, I still want to click on it because the title is so good. All of that stuff is called copywriting, okay? But examine these things, look at magazines. Again, these companies put so much money behind getting people to pick up the magazine, to click on the post, to click on the video, etc. So if you can look at those, take note of them and think, how can I use that same style or design towards my niche or what I'm teaching, okay? And that's for email, that's for sales pages, that's for posts as well and content as well. Uh but when you're writing copy, also think about adding humor and good metaphors. Funny metaphors are always awesome if you can find them. Take note of them, keep them in a little document and uh revisit them so you can kind of sprinkle them inside of your sales copy. A great example, I was reading through at teachcopywriting.com, they send me emails. I was looking through And uh, they were talking about concepts with sales. And I remember exactly what the email was, but they said, without a concept of sales or without a concept, your sales will be as predictable as an ape with a hockey stick. And I thought that was super funny because it was a pretty serious email, but it caught me off guard. An ape with a hockey stick? Like, what are you talking about? Because you're just kind of running rampant. Like, it's unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen. Another great example of something that I took note of because I thought maybe I can use in sales copy sometime. Haven't yet, but... Maybe I will. It's from the movie, The Watch. So this is, it's it's a funny movie with like aliens as Ben Stiller in it. But there's this one part in the beginning where Ben Stiller is like the super fit guy and he's running with his neighbor in the neighborhood. And uh, he's like stretching his neighbor. He's all, God, Tom, your glutes are as tight as a snare drum. And I thought it was super funny. So I I took that. And it's something that maybe I can use in sales copy just to throw in some humor or some kind of funny metaphor like that. Uh, inside of it. Okay. So kind of keep an eye out for those things. If you see it in other people's sales copy, funny metaphors like that, they're always fun to sprinkle in. It's going to help make your copy more compelling and more entertaining to actually read through to ultimately get the result of signing up for your course or booking a call with you or whatever it is. But the biggest tip that I can ever give you to make your copy more compelling is just to be you. Okay. You're cool enough as is you really are. um, Express it. That's all I really got to say. I mentioned it earlier, but seriously, be you. Um, even if you don't think you're very funny, you can add some different humor components and funny metaphors and things like that, just from doing some Google searches or watching some funny movies uh, and sprinkling those in. All right, but that's the biggest thing. Be you and practice these things that I just kind of went through. I know it's kind of like buckshot, but I just want to tell you some of the biggest things that have really helped me in writing copy. And my emails have gotten better over time just by practicing and writing. Um, my sales pages have gotten better. I used to never convert on sales pages then I started making regular sales, all those things, okay? So I hope you got value from understanding how to do good customer research, got some tips on that. You can go start practicing it today, but also in terms of writing your copy to make it be more compelling with the format, with adding your research inside of it, uh, adding humor and metaphors, all those things, funny metaphors um, practice those things, try it out, revisit this episode if you need to. And, uh, I know that your copy will improve. Okay. It's a never ending practice though. As long as it's good enough to convert, that's really what matters more than anything. Okay. And again, if you're thinking about starting an online business, you want to learn more about this stuff, do pick up my five step guide. Um, it's how to sell your knowledge on autopilot. And that's what it's going to do. It's going to help you be your own boss take control of your schedule by not being bound to the phone all the time. Um, This this way of doing business is so awesome. It's very liberating. It does take time. I'm going to be honest. Uh, It's not just like an overnight sensation, depending on where you're at, unless you already have some huge following, but especially if you're just starting out, it's not going to happen overnight, Uh, but you're going to have a reliable business. And that's what matters more than anything to me. Okay. So again, to pick up your five-step guide, to start building your online business, it's quick, actionable. Um, and that's the biggest thing. Take action on it. To pick it up, just go to profityourknowledge.com slash guide, or there's a link in the description as well. And again, any questions you have, let me know down in the comments. Please share this video or this podcast. If you got value from it, you think a friend could get value from it, uh, really helps me and supports this channel and getting it out to more people. All right, but that's all I got for you today. Uh, Take what you learned here, get out there, start practicing your copywriting and prioritizing it, invest in it, buy courses, read books on it, um, study it, all those things, study great copy, but the biggest thing is just have fun with it. It is an essential skill, so put the time in and you will be rewarded immensely and it's a skill that will never leave you and then you can even start teaching other people about it too, all right? That's all I got for you today. Uh, Take what you learned here, get out there, make it happen.